Break them down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, read. Put on the handle. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. Sorry guys, it's been forever since we gave you guys a pod. We, I know there was the trade deadline, all the activity. We really wanted to put out a pod, but the schedules didn't just permit. But we're gonna, we got a special one today. Got here with, in person with me, with Saad. What's up, dude? What's going on, man? Yeah, our schedules didn't align. You were all the way in India. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, uh, you know, working away, but I'm glad we, we got to do this, man. Like, this is going to be a good episode. We have a lot to cover. Yeah, a plenty of cover. Yeah, so I was gone January, you know, all for all the listeners. I was in India, I was getting married, you oh, know, man. locking it down. And then I uh, came back, and then we were just all trying to find a time. But, man... Sad. I guess uh, we. It's not like we haven't been talking. We just haven't talked on a pod about. We got to start with the Nets, man. I mean, I, I remember I was still following the scores. You know, when I was in like in India, like ch- still checking. I was like, oh, Nets are doing pretty decent. And then KD gets the MCL injury, and you're like, oh shit, man. You get. I'm sure you had like memories of last year when everything crashed. When uh, the Nets were like close to first place. KD gets hurt, Harden like uh, quits on the team, like everything goes downhill from there. And then same thing, Nets are rolling, KD gets hurt, and you're like, oh man, Nets are like still losing some games. And then again, man, Kyrie requests a trade on a Friday, he gets traded on a Sunday, and then two days later or on Wednesday overnight at like 1 a.m. East Coast, KD's traded. Man, dude, how are you processing all this? <laughs> it's this is honestly, I can say the last like month, actually, since you've been gone from India, everything in my sports world has tanked <laughs> really badly. Oh, like, yeah, the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other pod that we could say for another time. <laughs> but the Eagles losing the Super Bowl and the Nets going through all this turmoil and trading away the two biggest stars the franchise has had, arguably, um, has been literally the worst sports events that i can recall like in my life ever like i remember i remember when the the eagles lost the nfc championship in in the cardinals uh, to the cardinals in 09 i was heartbroken then but that does not compare game seven against the bucks Oh, the shoe on the line, that that was a dagger, but it was like, yo, we can recover. The Eagles ended up winning the Super Bowl, came back, you know, nine years later, won the Super Bowl, whatever, you know, and even with that game seven against the Bucks, it was like, all right, this team is still here. Everyone was injured, whatever, whatever. But to have both of those worlds crash at the same time has been truly miserable. However... However, with that being said, <laughs> I still think this Nets team is going to remain in the top six. What are they? They're like, so I think the top four right now was like Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, and Cleveland. and Cleveland. And then it was like Knicks and Nets, right? But the Nets are Nets are fifth, right? I think they were still ahead of the Knicks going into the All-Star break. That's what I'm saying. Like, they have this nice cushion from K- Katie and Kyrie um, that, you know, has helped them. As Kyrie said, you know, I, I did all that. He did all that he could. He left us. In yeah, place. yeah. He's like, <laughs> I did. he's like, at the end of the day, you know, we left the team in fourth place. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! A quick side about him, bro. You you know how much I love Kyrie and like the your all, favorite player in two K. <laughs> he's literally my favorite player in two K in real life in everything, bro. But this guy, man, like. Everything was going so smoothly for the Nets, bro. We were winning games after the whole suspension fiasco. Like, Utah Watanabe was, like, 80% from corner three. Like, everyone was going nuts. And it was, like... Clax was, like, becoming, like, a corner piece, like, big man. Like, Dude, everything was just, like, happening. And it's like, yo, the Nets are really gaining momentum. Like, can they build upon this? Can they continue this into the postseason? And literally the two things that every sports analyst has said is... 
can KD avoid injury in the regular season? Yeah. And what will Kyrie do next yeah. to to stir some things up? And both of those things happen, kind like with weeks apart from each other. KD goes down again in like January, February. I remember last year it was on Martin Luther King Day. Oh yeah, yeah. And this year it's literally around the same time. It's the MCL same spring. injury, yes. bro. MCL again. Oh my gosh, man. And again, it was like someone who was it Clacks or someone fell onto him or something, right? And same last year it was in like a it was in a non-contact injury. It was like someone ran into him. Just can't catch that. Just poor injury luck, man. Oh, man. And even despite that, bro, it was like, all right, can Kyrie keep the Nets afloat? Can he keep them above 500? And he was doing that. Yeah. Kyrie was balling out. Clax was blossoming. TJ Warren was, like, filling in, like... Everything was falling into place. But then this guy Kyrie wants a a long-term deal. And honestly, I don't even blame the Nets front office for saying like, hey, can you play X amount of games before we give you a full max contract? Like, based on your track record over the last four or five years, like, it's not an unreasonable ask. Not at all. I mean, I think that's the one thing we realized with Kyrie, right? It was till that, it was like, Yo, Kyrie's like behaving pretty well. Like he's doing all this. Then we that first story came out. I think it was with Bleacher Report, and it was his stepmom, who's also his agent, is like, oh, like the ball's in the Nets' hand or the Nets' court. If uh, you know, we want to stay here. We if they offer us the extension, we'll stay. So you could already kind of tell, like, yo, Kai's like putting out the feelers. Like he's behaving, but you know, he wants his money. At the end of the day, he wants the contract. And then I think that trade request was definitely a shock for everyone. It was just like. It was on a Friday. It was like less than a week before the trade deadline. And then it's just like the, he puts out a trade request. But what really shocked me, dude, was the fact that you could tell how over Kyrie the Nets were, given that two days later, this dude was traded. Like a star of his, a player of his caliber, like a star player, those trades don't come together that fast. Like I feel like they, you actually need to, like, you know, play the game. You got to field all the offers. Like, the negotiating tactics through the media. This was just like the Nets are like, yo, fuck this guy. Like, we're, they literally traded him two days after the trade request to Dallas, which I mean, I thought it was a reasonable trade for a guy who's like on an expiring deal, like with his track record, like to get DFS, Dinwiddie, a 2028 first round pick and a second round pick. I thought that was like a solid deal for the Nets at the end of the That's day. That's a solid haul, man. And Dallas. Dallas is a whole separate podcast, but they've they've bet they've put all their chips into Kyrie Irving, or at least the next six months, right? Not all their chips necessarily, but they've invested a significant portion of of their years or time with Luca yeah. to Kyrie Irving. And dude, Kyrie on the court, amazing. One of my favorite players to watch ever, but Dude, like you literally do not know what this guy is gonna do. Yeah. The, he, I mean, that shot that he that uh, over Kawhi, that hang time shot, God, <laughs> and that's Kawhi. How ridiculous is that? And Kawhi's hands are so big, and this guy literally finds a way, hangs in the air, throws it up. I wish he could just be like that, but just a normal dude, not. I'm not saying he's not normal, but like, come on, yeah, man. Like, more of a team player. Like, like literally, all, all he needed to do was keep his mouth shut. And, yo, if you want a chip... Yeah, I, I think not even a chip. If he showed that, like, again, if the Nets even made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I feel like that's still, like, progress from, like, the year before. And they would have rewarded him with a contract. But I, I it seems like the, the issue was there's some, like, stipulations with, like, in this... Even though they offered him a... Oh, even if it's a max contract or a four-year max, they put stipulations on you need to like play a certain number of games or such, which again, totally not unreasonable given his track record. And I don't think it's reasonable to expect a, a four-year guaranteed max with no... You're, he's that quality of a player, but his other things are what's preventing it. Bro, like if this was Mikael Bridges, for example, yeah. hasn't missed a game since high school yeah. I'd be like yeah I'll sign I mean and given that Mikael Bridges was like in the same stage of his career as Kyrie yeah. I'd be like yo no problem but dude you do you see like the amount of havoc that you've caused over the last like three four months three four years yeah. in yeah. Brooklyn yeah. like 
bro, he is literally what Brooklyn basketball, like, what the vision for Brooklyn basketball was supposed to be. Right. Like, the cool, you know what I mean, the finishing style, flair, everything. And, bro, his first game in Brooklyn, this is what literally converted me to a Nets fan. Yeah. I'll tell you honestly. (laughs) This is against the Timberwolves. He... Bro, he goes he off for like 50, 50 that night, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And it was just everything. He yeah. gave you his whole bag. And it was like, yo, this is going to be fun. Yeah. And, bro, there has been times throughout this Brooklyn tenure or experience with KD and Kyrie where it's been so much fun. And I've seen the big three play together and play well against the Celtics in that first round in 2021. It's a, a gentleman sweep, five oh, yeah, game yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. That was like, dude, that was the peak of that big three. I watched I, I watched those games. I mean, yeah, we we talked about this. There's no way the Nets were losing that year, Fred. They stayed healthy. Like, those three were healthy that first round against Boston. And they had the shooters because they had Harris. And they, they I mean, they were just killing it. So KD, I mean, the Ky- Kyrie chapter is close, right? And everyone's like, whoa, the Nets, they, it seems like they made a trade that would say, let's still be competitive because you got Dinwiddie and DFS. You got to pick for like future, but it's like, all right, like it does, this doesn't mean that KD needs to be traded because everyone's like, oh, it's not like they're tied to the hip as like they used to be. And like, this seems more of a trade that says, I, we still want to be competitive now because you got two players who can help you right away. The pick is in the future. And like, this means like KD's like, they want to keep KD here. And then we find out like on Monday, like the day after KD goes, has gone to the nets with Rich Kleiman. He's requested a trade, but not just a trade. He's saying, only trade me to the Suns. I don't know how they kept this secret in today's day media age. Like, no one knew that KD had said, like, trade me to the Suns. And when the news dropped, it was, like, at 1 a.m. I remember just waking up because, like, my phone was, like, going off. It was, like, multiple Twitter alerts. Like, and it was, like, I saw it, like, at 1.30 or 2. And it's, like, KD's a Phoenix Sun. And it's, like, what the hell? So, Saad, let's talk about how you felt that morning on Thursday, last Thursday. No, was it last? A couple of Thursday mornings ago <laughs> when he saw it. You were probably reading some text from me. I'm sure other people were texting you saying, yo, KD got traded. How'd you, how'd you deal with that, dude? That whole week from Sunday to Wednesday was like the longest three days of my life because it was like, I believe it was the um, weekend leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the week leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, like, between anticipation for the Super Bowl and seeing what happens with KD, I was just like on edge that whole week. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like the Nets are trying to bring in John Collins, like trade for John Collins as part of this, uh, you know, to keep KD happy. And KD was like, no, bro. Like, I don't want to play with John Collins. Yo, remember, we, remember that comment that he had earlier in the year when he's like, yo, you see who I'm on the court with? <laughs> <laughs> and so you knew, like, if Kai's gone, like, this was going to be a reaction. But again, I mean, a guy like KD, I mean, this is a top 10 player of all time. Maybe the greatest scoring forward. Like, I, I mean, I think in terms of small forwards, it's like him and Larry Bird, like, all time. Bro, he, he honestly would have still, like, if it was him and the team before they got, like, if they didn't trade for him and just had Dinwiddie, DFS, KD, Ben Simmons, and Clax. Yeah. That's still a really good team. Yeah, Cam Thomas off the bench, like Harris, yeah. Utah Watanabe, yeah. TJ Warren, like this. That, that's still a playoff team, yeah, yeah, with KD, a healthy KD. And it's like, all right, like you can see maybe Ben Simmons turns up, but again, you're relying on Ben Simmons, so yeah. I don't know. But, anyways, that honestly, when I woke up and saw the trade, I was a little like, I was taken back, obviously, all my group groups are going off everyone's like roasting me like all the stuff and it's like all right but then i saw the hall yeah you got a hall can we just talk about this hall so you got mikhail bridges you got cam johnson jay crowder and then first round picks in 23 25 27 29 unprotected four first round picks and pick swaps in between also unprotected i love that i mean they basically said give us the deal that we basically traded for to boston back in the day for or the harden trade right Mm -hmm. we want all the first round picks all the swaps unprotected but unlike the harden trade you guys got 
Cam Johnson, Bridges, and Crowder, who you traded to Bucks and got like five second round picks or something the like five second round picks. Yeah. has been. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Does five second round picks equal one first round pick? I don't is know. that, Dude, is second, that round, of... second round picks that were traded like like it was like yo like we're traded like candy. It was just like whatever. Like it doesn't even count. No, it's there. But let's yeah. So like the KD, I mean that you guys got a haul. You guys, you know, got a got a squad and such, but. I mean, I just couldn't comprehend the fact that Kevin Durant, man, like, I mean, this is Kevin Durant. And, you know, we know we say, like, Phoenix got a, Phoenix gave up a lot, but they also got Kevin Durant, like, and a guy like him does not get traded in the middle of a season. Like, usually it waits till the offseason. He's in the first year of a four-year contract. Like, they, Phoenix has him for three more years, like, under, con, like, under contract. And they got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, KD, and Aiton. They just couldn't pass it up. So, I mean, you guys got a haul, but it's also Kevin Durant. <laughs> no, that is true, man. And it's like, if the Nets were going to go into this, if the Nets were going to trade KD, they were obviously going into, like, somewhat of a rebuild. But honestly, I don't, I, I wouldn't really consider this a rebuild. I would consider it a breaking down to the foundation. This team right now reminds me of of the 2019 Nets team. Yep. That was like so much fun to watch. It was like Kenny Atkinson, D'Angelo Russell, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, Joe Harris. It was like such a fun, gritty Nets team. I, I think that's that's back, man. And like we'll talk about the Suns too, but I think the Nets, man, like if there was ever t- ever a time for Ben Simmons, <laughs> like there's no pressure for him now. No, There's no pressure for him to win. No, no. Like, you literally are surrounded by shooters. This is exactly what you, you know, what every analyst has been saying. Like, just surround this guy with shooters, let him run the floor, whatever. Whatever, you have all those things now. You literally just have to go in and execute. And whether that happens this season, which, again, I hate to give Ben Simmons a pass yet again for another season, but fine. Take the, take the season, you know, be third in the rotations at center. Like, yeah, I mean the Nets are probably making the playoffs. Eh? <laughs> They're thirty-four and twenty-four. They're like, I mean, let, we could talk. Let I me mean, let's just talk about this team. Like, so you guys locked up Jock Vaughn, so you guys have stability now with your coach. And then the starters right now, you got Dinwiddie, Bridges, Johnson, DFS, and Clax. I mean, that's just like three wings. You got a, a lead guard. You got Clax. And then off the bench, you got more depth. I mean, there's Cam Thomas, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal. Seth Curry. Seth Curry. And then Utah. Utah. And then basically Ben Simmons is like the backup center. Like backup. Like he's like the 11th man now. At, at, so like you said, no pressure. Whatever they get out of him. I mean, it's it, <laughs> we've heard Tim Bontemps basically call him the worst contract in basketball <laughs> right now. Because it's what, two more years of a max contract and he's your 11th man. That's a little bit of a problem. But I, I think the Nets are okay. I mean, they've recovered the picks that you guys lost in the James Harden trade. You've got those picks back through trading KD you got like a building point with Bridges and Camp Johnson and, and like anytime you guys can pivot like you can trade Joe Harris he's an expiring contract this offseason you could probably get a first round pick for him like I, I, the Nets have options now they don't have the stars but they got options dude and I think that's so much better from the last time where we traded for, like we had big stars in Brooklyn I think it's a much better retooling type situation and bro i think this team will gel really well i think they have young star potential with Mikael bridges nick claxon and cam thomas i think that's a that's a semi-homegrown big three that 45 point game from bridges before the all-star break i was like oh bridges so oh, he, he could do the he could do more than what they allowed him to do in phoenix like and it's not it's not a direct comparison because I would say that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are a lot better, but it 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 does have the feel of like oh you have two really good wings in Cam Johnson and Cal Bridges. It's not again. It's I don't want anyone to be in my like DMs and being like you're comparing Cal Bridges and Cam Johnson to Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown yeah. or like Paul George and Kawhi, but. Honestly, Paul George and Kawhi is probably a more apt comparison, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Tatum and Brown, I mean, they're, they're like on another level right now. But, I mean, you have the makings like two-way wings and they're young. They still got room to grow. And, I mean, because like Bridges is just like, and he was the 2018 draft. Cam Johnson was the 19 draft. So they're in like their fourth and fifth years. Like, 
They got plenty of room to grow. And then, man, you guys got wings on wings. Like, I mean, there's that's your, like, then there's still DFS, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris. Like, this team has so much wing depth right now. It's insane. Like, I I still like this team. Like I said, they're, they're going to be like that 2019 team. They're going to be an awesome regular season team because they're going to try so much harder than, like, a lot of other teams who are going to come in and just, like, like mail it in because it's a regular season game. In the playoffs, like, that's where you have a ceiling because, like, everyone tries hard in the playoffs. But I think in the regular season game, they're going to surprise people just by, like, how hard they play. And I love Jacques Vaughn. Bro, Poetic Justice would be playing either the Sixers, preferably the Sixers, yeah. and beating them in the first round, or the Knicks. Okay. I think I think that would be poetic justice, and it would be like even if we're a, a you know a first or second round exit, whatever. Like that's still enough. I feel like that's a good confidence builder. Like you forget, Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson have been to the NBA Finals. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's true. They've been to the NBA Finals. Yeah, and Bridges was like a starter on those teams. Yeah, Cam Johnson was like the sixth man. Yeah, dude, like they have. It's it's weird to say that they have championship ex- not championship experience but like deep playoff experience but they do and you know Royce has been there uh, oh yeah deep, yeah 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 like like Cam Thomas team is ready for the DFS ball. made the conference finals last year because like with Dallas yeah see that's what I'm saying Dinwiddie was on that Dallas team too that made the, they beat Phoenix they remember when they beat Phoenix by like what it was like thirty points that's what I'm saying <laughs> that's what I'm saying man but yeah like. I think the Nets are in a good situation for the short term and long term. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is which is not typically the case when you lose a talent like Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah. And now Kevin Durant joins Phoenix with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, the mid range magicians. Yep, yep. And Aiden. And Aiden, bro. Like Aiden, like they were talking about the Who Collective today. Like Aiden's gonna have so many easy like putbacks and yeah. all this stuff. Like can, can you imagine? But well, I just want to end this net the Nets topic with one question, dude, for you, right? So you've had you've experienced like the the pre KD Kyrie Nets, like that fun team. Uh they don't have like the superstars, but you got a team that tries hard every night that's fun to watch. You've also seen the KD, Kyrie, Harden at one point, like the, the top superstars, right. like a big three, like a super team. And now you're back to kind of like dismantling that. Like what was more fun, dude? Like the peaks of like the, the one, but then you also had those low of the lows. Or do you kind of like where you are? Like I feel like Nets fans may be scarred of like the next time a star is available. You guys have the the young players. You guys got the draft picks to get one of these stars next time someone is unhappy or you just want to like build this out. Here's how I would describe it. It's like, you remember, I don't know if you've, I mean, you're a fellow short king, so you definitely have experienced this, but like, yeah. the fir- like when you were little and you went to Six Flags and they told you that you weren't like tall enough to ride uh, um, King to Ka, for example, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you finally get to ride it, right? Like yeah. for so long, Brooklyn was like deprived of stars. Yeah. And then Katie and Kyrie entered the like picture. They they picked us, like Harden comes on board, all this stuff, and it's like, yo, you finally get to ride King the Cop. And it's like the buildup is so great. Like you literally reach the peak of basketball peaks, game seven, against the Bucks, all this stuff, like foot on the line, KD, like probably would have we would have ended them that game and that's like all the way because you guys were gonna kill the hawks yeah (laughs) that's what i'm saying bro and it's like you literally get right there peaks yeah you don't get those peaks with like this kind of team but then the lows oh my gosh man and then you literally come down like that that series was probably the peak and the downfall too (laughs) you know like that whole series was so fun and then after that it was just like all downhill yeah, all downhill and then the ride stopped to me for, at like when when we got swept last year yeah yeah i agree that's when the ride stops and it's like oh you have to get off now and it's like but wait that was so much fun like all the stuff yeah. but now it's like oh i realized that this was only my first ride of the of the day i still have 
the whole rest of the amusement park left to explore. Yeah, yeah. And even though the rides aren't going to be as good as Kingdom Ka, yeah. they're still going to be pretty good. El Toro and yeah. Nitro. It may not. Be, it may not give you the peak. That yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Nitro still is a probably the better, probably my favorite ride. Yeah. In at Six Flags. Yeah. And it's like now you get to ride Nitro like six times. Yeah. In a row. So as as opposed to in 2012 when K, uh, when uh, KG and Paul Pierce didn't work out, it's like now you have to go home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you've cashed all in. No, dude. I I mean that that's a great that was actually a great analogy. Yeah. So you're never with this team like I you're not gonna get the peak of King Dakar, right? Because like this team, I mean, you're not gonna be able to beat Giannis or like the Celtics, yeah. like. You might have a chance against the Sixers, but like still, I mean, they got Embiid, like, like Harden, like stars winning the playoffs, right? That's yeah. what we've seen. But it's gonna be a fun ride. Like at least you know you're gonna have a team that cares. But going off like so, the guy who is kind of connected to the old Nets, the pre-KD Kyrie Nets, you know, when they pick this guy, when they pick Kyrie over this guy, now he's not back on my team, D'Angelo Russell, right? The other big trade from uh, the trade deadline. So the Lakers. Finally, dude, we got rid of Russ. <laughs> but it was like a, I was just waiting for this. I mean, can we just talk about the fact that this dude, like, here's my man LeBron. Like, yo, fuck, we didn't even talk. About, LeBron broke the scoring record. Like that, oh like that was so like that just feels forever to go. But seriously, but Le- here's LeBron breaking the scoring record. And like, I mean, we lost that night. No one talks about that. But like, yo, they signed LeBron after he broke the record. Like, yo, you still have a game to play, my G. They like, stopped the game. They did all that shit. Yeah. And then he sat for the whole, all of the fourth quarter. And AD's sitting there like, yo, what the hell? Yeah, no reaction. For- I mean, that team was broken, dude. Like, not, we, we saw that, right? That Like, the, the vibes on that team were so bad. Like, we talk about, like, the Nets teams that had bad vibes. Like, the Lakers vibes were so off. Russ was not even, like, it didn't even seem like he was happy for Braun. Like, he was just doing his own thing. Like, yeah. we had to get rid of him. But, so the trade is, Russ goes to Utah, gets bought out. We'll talk about where, now he's with the Clippers. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And then, uh, Mike Conley goes from Utah to Minnesota, along with some second-round picks. Again, like, there's so many second-round picks. And then the Lakers, we get um, D'Lo from Two Wolves. We get Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, um, and then we also did have to give up. So we finally, we also traded one of our first round picks, 2027, top four to Utah. So you, that's really what the Jazz want, right? Like they're like, they're probably starting their dismantling and they just want to like improve their odds for Wemby. And yeah. when they got a future pick, because that's all Danny Ainge wants right now, 2027 pick, this team fits better. But I just, dude, the only thing is we're five games below 500, 27 and 32. Two games still back of even to get to 10. I like this team, but I think it's too late in the year. That's the only thing. Dude, LeBron needs to... This guy goes off for 36, 38 points in that game yeah. and then sits out. Like, dude, that is a game that you need. Yeah, and then he sat out the next two games. It, which was wild to me. Yeah. Like, LeBron. And he went out too hard that night. <laughs> we saw all the clips. Like, he was said, like, they were having, like, a part, like a Lobo's party. Like, <laughs> Yo, this guy needs to get it together, man. Like, your team is literally scratching for For a even 10. Spot. Not even the playoff. Play in, like, the second, like, lowest, like, 10. <laughs> and then he goes out in the All-Star game and injures his hand. What are you doing? Why are you trying? No one's trying in this All-Star game. Like, And then he's trying to go up for a block in the All-Star game. Yo, LeBron, man, you need to figure it out. You need to... You need to get into what did he say a few years ago his first year with the lakers like yo uh i just gotta put it in the, like i gotta turn the gas on or something. oh yeah 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 something like that when coming out of the all-star break right yeah, yeah. like turning the corner yeah yeah that's what he needs to do and i hope he does that bro because there are things to worry about in the west now I'm like, you know, I know what John Moran said, like, we're, we're good in the West, but there's a lot to be worried about now. <laughs> as soon as he said that, I feel like the Grizzlies kind of started <laughs> crashing, right? Yo, I don't know what's going on with the Grizzlies, but that's another topic. Yeah. I, I the curse know. of Shannon Sharp. <laughs> but no, no. So, I mean, I finally, like, I love that lineup that we played in the game before the All-Star break. It was like D-Lo. Beasley, LeBron, AD, and Jared Vanderbilt. 
Like it's kind of like that, like the year we did well in the bubble. Like Beasley's kind of like KCP. Vanderbilt's like you're like doing everything. Like he does all the dirty work, like JaVale McGee kind of thing. AD and then the team started to fit better like coming off the bench you got like Reeves Austin Reeves back back from injury uh, Shooter's now where he's supposed to be like off the bench mm. and then my one of my I think hopefully we could save this guy dude my boy Mo Bamba like mm. we got him out of uh, Orlando like he's trying to show that he's more than just a song like <laughs> oh, his his altercation with Austin Rivers was hilarious yeah <laughs> When he's like, yo, you're only known for a song. <laughs> and that's Austin Rivers. Like, if you're getting dissed by Austin Rivers. Who's been dissed in the past for being, like, his daddy's boy. Like, <laughs> remember when Glenn Davis was like, that's the only reason you're in that league. <laughs> Big baby Davis, bro. Ruby Hachibora coming off the bench. I, I, I like, but man, yeah, I mean, we got a tough, tough schedule out of the All-Star break. But, I mean, it seems like they also made some of these moves for next year because all these guys are under contract. But had you've been a guy who's followed like D'Lo in the past, right? How do you see him fitting in with like Braun and like AD, like kind of playing off of them as opposed to being like the main like ball handler all the time? I think D'Lo has matured enough from his first stint with the Lakers <laughs> when he posted that Nick Young video. <laughs> Sky man, but like he's gone to other places. He's seen what it's like out there, and it's like. All right, well, you, you were part of a fun situation in Brooklyn, and then you go to Golden State, right? Like, oh, for the KD trade. That was part of the KD trade. And, dude, that was probably a, a really good learning experience for him, from, for him because he got to play with Steph. It's like you get to play with a really dominant player. You know, well, not like ball dominant, but you get, you get to play with like a superstar. You know what I mean? Like one of the greatest of this generation and it's like all right well you got that experience then you go to minnesota and literally fumble the bag or whatever happened like bro the minnesota timberwolves general manager was like no we wanted this guy to be our point guard anyway he got fired gerson rose <laughs> it's like dude like okay like i know him and cat are friends but it did not work out the and way- wiggins ended up being good for the warriors <laughs> like yo come on man um like that like kind of fizzled out and i feel like d'lo was scapegoated at times in minnesota like he he's honestly put together a pretty solid season shooting wise like what is he like 38 percent three like exactly like i just i think the the thing is like d'lo's like perspective like nationally is like pretty bad like because he's a bad defender his teams never have like really won like a lot and a lot of times he's like you said he's the scapegoat because no one's gonna blame anthony edwards like everyone loves that dude like he's a superstar cat like cat gets some criticism but not like he's still protected a little bit but d'lo i feel like you're right he's always the scapegoat a scapegoat and he's almost kind of like that meme now like that uh, fresh prince meme like why why did no one want me like he, he was on lakers he got traded to brooklyn brooklyn traded him to golden state golden state to minnesota now to la he's he's young i mean this dude was He's in his eighth year and he's already been traded four times. Like, it's like, that's the part that scares me. It's like, why do teams keep moving off of him? Like, his numbers are nice. His, like, percentages are nice. But why do teams keep trading him? I mean, I'm hoping he's never played with, like, a dominant presence like Ron. Like, if anyone's going to, like, because when he played with Kobe, like, Kobe was kind of, like, on the out at that point. Like, I'm hoping, like, you know, Bron can set him straight and, like, teach him the how to, like, be a pro. I think if there was ever a time, I think there's a lot of players in the league now, right? Um, a lot of situations, actually, where it's, like, you have these next six months to prove it. Kyrie and the Mavs are one situation with points like that, right? Um, D'Lo and the Lakers is another situation because, if I'm not mistaken, he's up for a contract. Yeah, yeah, he's a free agent after this year. So he's playing, like, he's been playing out of his mind in Minnesota and no one's paying attention because they were losing for a good portion of that time, right? And now it's like, all right, you're back in where you were drafted. Like, can you turn up and, like, take the Lakers? I'm not saying take them to the NBA Finals, but, like, even if the Lakers make a significant run in some playoffs and he plays a big role in that, like, dude, that's going to warrant, that's going to give Polenka and Jamie Buss the confidence to sign him to a long-term deal. Exactly. And so... And and he's still young. I mean, he's, like, only, like, mid-20s still. Like, 
And and dude, worst case, worst case, it doesn't work out for D'Lo in LA, and it doesn't work out for Kyrie in Dallas, and sign and trade. Yeah, <laughs> sign and trade for each other. Maybe I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> It'd be so weird that D'Lo be like, man, every time I get moved, like Kyrie's the one replacing me, like, because that's what happened with the Nets, right? Like the Nets are like, yo, like D'Lo is fine. He made his only All Star that t- that year. Yeah. But they're like, nah, we, we're gonna go for Kyrie, and then for another team to move off of him for Kai. He probably just gonna hate that dude at that point, <laughs> dude. But I think I think we're set up for a lot of fun these last twenty five games. Yeah, because there's like even with the Nets breaking down, like they're still holding their own in the East, and I feel like the West has gotten so much more even. And these last twenty five games starting tomorrow, it, they're gonna be a treat to watch. Like this is the peak of parody in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I'm so hyped for basketball to come back. Like tomorrow, like the All Star game, and also weekend suck. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was like no football was done. So like, and the quality, like, there's not really nothing to watch this past weekend. But I agree. Like every team's got about like twenty three to twenty five games. It's the final stretch. Like. We know the teams that have quit already. It's like you know, Spurs, Rockets, like Pistons, Hornets. Like they're just they're just in for Wemby at this point. Like, but everyone else, like you know, both in the East and West, like outside of those bottom two in each conference, like from thirteen, like every team is trying to still make the play in, and it's it's exciting, dude. And it's like I know there's been this whole thing of like players taking off and like not load playing, management. load management, all that, but like. Now, this last 20, 23 game stretch is going to dictate a lot for a lot of teams, bro. There's never, like, bro, there are teams that are going to be, they talked about it in the Hoop Collective, like, there are teams that are going to be disappointed that they lost in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Like, that teams with real championship aspirations that are going to be like, I can't believe we lost. Just by the nature, I mean, if you look at the West, right, I mean, it's like the Nuggets, then you got like the Kings and then the Mavs, and... <laughs> but just like there's like the con- the parity of the teams, like you said, and not everyone is gonna make it out out of the first round and expecting it to be. Um, I think that's what's gonna make this great. I think it's gonna be a great playing tournament. Um, but before we get, end this pod, let's do some quick hitters on some other transactions that happened. So our boy yesterday was or Monday was announced after Russ was traded to Utah. He bought, got bought out by the Jazz, and he's signing with the Clippers. I mean, there was rumors that it might be the the Wizards, Bulls, or Heat. We could all problem all for him larger roles. He picked the Clippers. He's staying home in LA. What do you think about Russ's fit on the Clippers, bro? I know the media and Lakers fans are hating on this heavy, yeah. and I understand why. I, I I do understand Russ is a major turnover machine, yeah. and. He's ball dominant. He takes dumb shots that aren't necessary. That better. Play. Can we just talk about how like a source on the Lakers called him a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> and all those things are true. All those things are true. But with that being said, I think if Russ can play his role in the minutes that he's given without, uh, uh, I guess you know. Butting heads with uh, Ty Lu, yeah. I think this could be a very, very good situation if they play like five out and it's like and it's like Russ driving to the rack and kicking yeah. out whatever. Like that's a sustainable situation. And if you go back, like Paul George had his best year playing with Russ. Yeah, yeah. He was an MVP candidate that year. Yeah, dude. Paul George and Kawhi have the personality of a wall. <laughs> You know what I mean? And they're not the guys to like really like hype up a team or like bring that like ferocity, which Russ will. Russ will do that, even if he's basically a, a more athletic Pat Beverly now. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, I think he's good for a team like the Clippers who don't really care about the regular season and just don't bring it. Whereas Russ brings it like sometimes too much, but he brings it every game. That's what I'm saying. And unless. Unless Ty Lu does something where he like leaves him in the game in closing minutes and like Russ shoots an erratic three instead of giving it to Kawhi in the post. Yeah. And Kawhi's like, what are you doing? Or the opposite, like what's Russ's reaction going to be like when he doesn't get playing time, right? Because the Clippers are loaded. Like they not only brought in Russ at the trade deadline, they also got like Eric Gordon, they got Mason Plumlee, Bones, Bones. High, Bones Highland, like 
Yo, bro, like, Bones Highland wanted to be traded from Denver for more playing time, like, (laughs) right? Like, I mean, now he got on the Clippers. Like, I don't know how much more playing time he's going to get, but that's a lot of personalities. But, I mean, you know, it's the Clippers always seem to be like, yo, get as much talent as we can, bring it in. Like, Russ is like, what, a minimum contract for them? They don't have the same financial commitment that the Lakers did. It's a low-risk, high-reward type situation, which is very rare in the NBA. Yeah. And... I honestly think the Bones Highland move is gonna pay a lot more dividends. I, I, yeah, I love that move. They they only had to trade second round picks for Bones. Like that's because Michael Malone, <laughs> Sky man, he just got annoyed and was like, "Get yeah. Sky out of my." But I, I I I love that move for the Clippers. That's what I was like. Do they need Russ? I mean, they also got Eric Gordon. Like they are deep. Like Terrence Mann is like plays like guard for them too. But I mean, I think it just shows like the Clippers run the. Sh- I mean, the stars on the Clippers run the show, right? Because this is really driven by. PG like outwardly like on the record saying like yo we need Russ like so I mean they got Russ I'm I'm curious to see how it is the other one Kevin loved in Miami what'd you think about that oh I can't believe Cleveland just let him go like that <laughs> and, you know, and he walked to like an Eastern Conference yeah, rival that's what I'm saying bro I was a little I was a little perplexed like uh, they were talking about it on the on Hoop Collective today like if one of those big guys goes out Evan Mobley or Jared Allen, like Kevin Love is this a, re- a reliable bucket. Yeah, unless they like their boy Dean Wade. <laughs> you know, and you just let him go. Like it's great that you're gonna retire his jersey and all that, all that stuff. I get it, but dude, you can't, bro. JB Bickerstaff, you can't find this guy like five, ten minutes. Or like, yo, make sure like, yo, he's not gonna go to like your like what if your rivals in the conference. Yeah, bro. Like if he went to the Lakers, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, and I I I think there was some speculation about there that. was, but I think he love realized like I I was looking at I was looking at the box score actually when you guys played the Heat yeah. uh, right before the All Star break. Yeah, I was like, yo, the Heat don't have that much depth. Like last year, it seemed like they had like uh, they found these guys like Gabe Vincent, Max Drews. Yeah, but like now I'm looking at their team. Like Lowry's like falling off. Like they basically got Jimmy, Adebayo, and Hero. But after that, their like depth is bad. I think that's why he realized, like, yo, Miami, like, I'm actually gonna get some playing time here. So True. that's why I think he like picked Miami. I mean, it's also gets to live in Miami, like. Yeah, yeah I mean, this doesn't compare to Cleveland. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. This dude has been stuck on Cleveland from what 2014, like nine years. Jeez, he man. spent his prime in Cleveland. And, and Cleveland and Minnesota is where he spent the most. And this dude is from went to UCLA, and then, and then he ended up in Minnesota and Cleveland. Oh man! And he was happy there in both places. Yeah, yeah. he didn't. He never... I mean, I mean, like two hundred million dollars. Like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> more than that. I don't know how much he's made, but I'm. I think it's above two hundred. Like, honestly, I think playing with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo is gonna like. Not that Kevin Love isn't tough, but like, yeah. he's kind of. He, he's. He, I'm not saying he's soft either, but he's just like a. You know what I mean? Now yeah. I feel like. And then gonna... Miami does that, like the weight check-ins, like the body fat check-ins, like every two weeks or something. Yeah, down there, Kevin so. Love will have. No problem there. He was chubby in his Minnesota days. Yeah, that's true. Then he started becoming like a Banana Republic model. <laughs> literally, literally. I think it's gonna be good for him, bro. It's gonna give him like inject him with the the right amount of youth and passion. He's. I think he's gonna love Miami. Miami's gonna love him. It's just gonna be so funny if he comes back to kill Cleveland in the playoffs. Oh, I mean, I think I think it's more of a testament to Cleveland, like committing to their young guys and being like. Oh, Kevin Love, thank you for your service. We don't care if you go to the Miami Heat. <laughs> like, they're a bunch of old guys that are, like, barely keeping it together anyway. Like They saved some money on this buyout. Like, And I think oh, I, I, I was reading somewhere. Uh, the reason, like, these buyouts, teams do it sometimes is almost to buy, like, um, favors from the agents more so. Like, it's like, yo, like, thanks for looking out for my guy. Like, getting him out of his contract with the buyout. And then hoping like that agent remembers it. Like next time he's one of his other clients is up for a contract, he'll be like, "Yo, this team looked out for my other player, like or my other client." Uh, you know, like I'll I'll try to like navigate him to like. I realized that they they were saying like a lot of times these teams do the buyouts to like get in getting good good books at these agents. Hey man, it makes sense, man. Yeah, so, it's, it's a quick. It's all like it's all playing the game, right? At the end of the day, so. absolutely, man. But 
like I said, man, I think I think we're 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 geared oh, up. Wait, 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 one more time, one one more. I got we got to hit on this news site. Like, Sandeep's gonna kill us on the length of this pod, but yo, he's had a two month uh, layoffs. <laughs> yo, yo, he has, bro. He has. All right. Can we talk about the Gary Payton trade really quick? Oh my god! And about like, bro. I mean, we both are kind of like in the medical like thing, and about how he was getting tortal shots to like get through the <laughs> get through the games, and then apparently like. They didn't doc. They didn't like document it, or they didn't like disclose it. And then ultimately, like this abdominal injury that he's playing through is gonna keep him out for like more than a month. That the Warriors doctor said it, but the Blazers doctors just like injected him with Toradol and made him play through it. Like this was a wild story. Yo, Laker pretty much decided. It, did he want to pay millions of dollars and resend this trade? Yeah. That's literally what it boiled down to. Because of was, the Wiseman contract, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he would have like if he kept Wiseman, he would have they would have been like a, like crazy over the tax, yeah. and it would have to pay like three times the amount of his contract or something like. Yeah, because of like the luxury tax, and then they pay the repeater tax and yeah. like all this shit. Yeah. So. It was basically like, all right, well, deal with this damaged goods, quote unquote, for a month or pay millions of dollars. And it's like, all right, well, it's a player that has familiarity in our system. All this. He's not like a big, big wing, which is what they needed, I think. Yeah. But it is hilarious that in the the modern era that we have something like this happen. And it's like, yo, Gary Payne, what are you doing? Like, why are you taking these Toradol shots, man? Like, just just take the time off that you need. You know, you started off the you started off the season hurt. And he has like he got his back. Like he got his back this offseason, right? Like it's one thing when you're like, yo, I'm gonna play through the injury so that I can get the bag, but he he got it this past offseason. And dude, you're still a tradable asset. This is like a major, I feel like, mishap from the Blazers front office and the Warriors front office and their medical staff. Like, what are you guys doing, bro? Yeah. <laughs> like, when this news came out, I was just like, wait, like, how did this, like, not, this just, like, fell through the cracks? And then I think they were saying, like, this is what happens when they literally do trades at the last possible minute. And you just want to, like, you need to, like, beat the deadline. You're just like, yo, I got to call the league, get this trade in. But I was just, you're right. I mean, you saved the money on the Wiseman contract. He wasn't playing anyways. So they're like, yo, whatever. It's not like we're losing a player who would have given us minutes. They're like, he was a dead asset anyways. We'll get Gary Payton and he'll play now. Couldn't they have had Sadiq Bey? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. So they, it became like a four-way deal where, like, Sadiq Bey went to Atlanta yeah. Right, and then like some picks, and there was like all this like and, it became uh, like a four way trade. Warriors got the five second round picks yeah, for yeah, Wiseman, yeah. exactly. Which is like and Gary Payton. Uh, and Gary it became like a four way trade between Detroit, Atlanta, Portland, and Golden State. So they were like, if they had to rescind this trade, all those other teams like would have also been affected, and the trade deadline's gone, so you can't even like modify the trade anymore. So it would have just been a huge mess. I think basically the Warriors leaked this story. To like make the Blazers look bad, and hoping that you know like Adam Silver would find them or something, but man, that was just I, I was just like, how is this happening? Like you said, in today's day and age, like how are you like not like how did they get away with not disclosing that you were giving this guy toward all shots to play? Jeez, man. Well, half the NBA is also on steroids. So yeah. it's, no, no one talks about that. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I guess like the, the, the teams don't care about that because like if it's performance enhancing, it's fine. But anything that's like hiding an injury, that's like that's what they're getting. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man, it I, it sucks because I felt like Wiseman, if the Warriors had the proper amount of time and patience, yeah to you know like really develop him it could have worked out but it's like dude they're still in this championship like window when you have steph clay draymond you have to and they have their other young guys and it was like i mean dude Lamelo ball would have looked really good on the scene (laughs) really good on the scene i know um, or even like who I forgot who else was in that draft, but like it was the twenty Anthony Edwards twenty two. Yeah, Anthony Edwards went one. The Warriors took Wiseman over Lamelo. Yeah, yeah. Man, if they had Lamelo, a six eight guard. Yeah, like you could throw him in instead of Jordan Poole. Yeah, yeah. and like or take him out for Draymond. Yeah. Take him out for Draymond, bro. Steph can play off the ball, off Lamelo. Like you can extend Steph's career. That's what that's what happens. 
<laughs> but I think I think now the the Pistons have like seventeen big men. They're, they're basically like uh, the the <laughs> they rescue like all these people. Like Marvin Bagley, they rescued him. Like they're like, oh, we'll give you another contract. They're like, oh, we'll take Wiseman. They, yeah, like you said, they have Isaiah Stewart. They got Jalen Duran in the draft last year. It's like I don't even know what they're. Are they building like an actual team? Like they kept Bogdanovich for some reason and didn't trade him. Like. How does he really fit into their... The Warriors would have loved Bogdanovich. Yeah. I would have rather had Bogdanovich than yeah. Gary and injured Gary Payton. <laughs> what is going on right now, man? I think that's what happens, right? Like, these dynasties, dude, they just... You've been good for so long. And the Warriors don't really make midseason trades. Like, those years that they were good, they just didn't make midseason trades. And... I think they just got to a point where they realized they whiffed big time on Wiseman and they just had to do something and, and they just like probably acted out of desperation because it's like you got to admit that you messed on Wiseman like it's hard to admit that yo you fucked up the number two pick like it- <laughs> that's, true. that's true and but that was the COVID year that they didn't really get a lot of information I think that draft was like a, a bust for like a lot of teams because of COVID it sucks man it sucks but honestly I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, shedding too many tears for the Warriors. They just won their fourth <laughs> yeah, chip. Yeah, yeah. Like they'll, they'll be, be all right. They'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and the only reason they had to make this move was more so because of the money than the actual development aspect. Exactly. If Wiseman was cheaper, they would have kept him. I felt oh, like. Oh, for sure, for sure. But again, I think this gears us up for a really nice last 20, 25 games. Like I think every game is going to be super competitive and like the play-in playoffs i'm ready man i am so hyped for the second half of the year and you know now that i'm back you're back you know we'll definitely try to do more pods for you guys you know i know it was a long layoff like it, it was almost like a mid-season layoff for us <laughs> we t- this is our all-star break. yeah like so we took it for like a month Yo, and a half and somehow nishan still didn't make the all-star team <laughs> i'm only saying that because he's a nick fan and julius Randle was trash at the all-star game <laughs> And the three and the three point shootout. Yo, he was so bad. How did Julius Randle make the three point shoot? <laughs> That's what happens, yo. Everyone drops out, and then you're like, yo, shit, we gotta ask Julius Randle for this. Bro, and this guy, this little white kid from the G League, comes in and revives the dunk contest. Max McClung, yeah, who Daryl Morey probably signed just for like <laughs> the clout. Yeah, we have the slam dunk champion. Watch it be released like in like two days. Like, <laughs> although yo, that guy does have hops. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yo, white man can't jump, bro. That's <laughs> all I gotta say, man. That was a great way to end this pod, but it was great, man. And until next time, guys, signing off. I want to thank our producer Sandeep. Without him, this podcast would not be possible. If you want to get the latest news on the podcast and to support us. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BSJPod and check out our website at www.bsjpod.com. Thanks for tuning in.